So I hate pictures, and I hate taking pictures, and I ruin every picture I'm in. Because no matter how well you dress an ugly person, they're still ugly. And so I can break any camera you've ever seen. But about the last six months, I've really started to enjoy taking more pictures. And I will show pictures to anyone of my son Daniel, who I think is pretty awesome. Um, he is, he's, he's just brightened um, Alana and I's life. I'm sure that's terrible grammar. Um, and so I'll, I'll show anyone who will, will look at them and I'll tell anyone who will listen about him. Uh, I'm especially proud of the photo on the right, or at least that's my right, um, that I'm, that's one of my favorites. And, and when we have good news, we want to tell people about it. I don't know a whole lot of people who just hear something that's amazing and then desire to keep it to themselves. We want to share good news. We want to tell good news to anyone who will listen, just like I want to tell anyone who will listen about Daniel, and I've probably told a few people who don't want to hear about it, about Daniel. We're in a series, uh, a year-long series, going through the book Core 52. And, and it is 52 weeks designed to help us grow in our understanding and obedience in the Bible. And so this week, we are talking about the gospel. And I'd really encourage you to go read the chapter for this week. Um, other weeks that I've preached, it was more closely tied to the chapter. This week it is probably more loosely tied to the chapter. But I would really encourage you to, to go and to see what Mark Moore had to say about it, mainly because I'm a big Mark Moore fan and I think he does a really good job with it. Last week David defined the gospel as the story of divine provision meeting human need. The story of divine provision meeting human need. Now, early Christians, uh, would the, the word gospel means good news or someone who brings good news. And it comes from the Greek word euangelion, and I'm sure I just absolutely butchered that. But early Christians would have had two understandings of euangelion or someone who brings good news or just, it can also loosely be translated, good news. The first deals with Rome. Uh, Caesar Augustus um, was part of a civil war that involved his father being killed. Uh, Shakespeare wrote a play about it. That's probably how most people know it. And so he went and he went and defeated um, the, those who were trying to um, take over power. And then he, just for good measure, turned on... He and Mark Anthony fought after they tried to um, take care of the people who had been fighting against them. They decided they were going to go fight against one another. And so Caesar Augustus, once he finally restored um, order and he was placed in full power, there's a lot of uncertainty about what was going on. And so he sent out messengers. They were even called preachers 
who went out and talked about that the Lord, Caesar Augustus, had restored peace and order, and that your life is good because of him, and that there is good news because Caesar Augustus is in charge, and he has restored order and peace to the Roman Empire. And so you can rest easy, and you can thank Caesar Augustus, the Lord Caesar Augustus. And early Christians heard this, and they, well, even though it took place in 9 BC, it was a continuance. And so each new emperor took credit for how good people's lives were, that the king was responsible for your life and you could thank them for it and the early Christians heard this and they said no that's, that's not the good news the good news is that Jesus is Lord and that he is king and they sent out preachers and it was considered a direct affront to Rome because they believed it was not Caesar who was responsible for peace and power. It was Jesus. And there is a second understanding, and it comes from the book of Isaiah. And in it, the nation of Israel is in captivity, and God promises that one day that he will be king again, and that he will rule over Israel, and that they will live in freedom. And there are several places in Isaiah that talk about the good news. One is in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 9 through 11, where it says, O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. Shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he... He brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. And so this is the understanding that many who were associated with the Hebrew scriptures scriptures would have had that it is God who is king and that good news comes from God and from when God will be their king again and they will not have another ruler or authority who is placed over them and so those were the understandings that they would have had of the gospel in the time of Jesus and so I want to go and I want to look at Colossians and I want to see a scripture that I believe fits closely with how most of us have heard the gospel or understand the gospel. It's Colossians chapter 1 verses 19 through 23 where it says, For God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from him, and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holiness sight without blameless and without 
blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you have heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven in which I, Paul, have become a servant. And so there is a beautiful picture here. Before this, in Colossians come, Paul talks about the supremacy of Jesus. And that we are distanced from God because of our sin. And that Jesus came and he died. And he lived a sinless life and he paid our penalty and he reconciled, he brought back creation into relationship with God. And in his death, burial, and resurrection, he conquered death, and he is now both Savior and Lord. And that he, he has called Paul to go out and to tell others about what the good news of Jesus. And I think this is somewhat similar to what most of us have heard. Uh, Paul calls this the good news that he preaches. Uh, I, I've recently found um, there's a preacher in, in Oregon whose name is John Mark Comer. And so he is starting a website called Practicing the Way. He was a pre preacher at Bridgertown Church and is now starting a nonprofit. And so Practicing the Way is just meant to help followers of Jesus follow Jesus. And so in it, he had a sermon where he taught, where he taught, just simply talked about what is the gospel. And he talked about how after World War II, there was this push to, to share the gospel, to tell people about Jesus. But because of that, the gospel became shortened and we made it smaller and easier to tell and easier to hear. And so he refers to it as the John 3.16 gospel, where the gospel that often gets told is we sinned, God loved us, Jesus died for us, we can go to heaven. And that is a part of the gospel. But what happens when we summarize the gospel or we truncate the gospel is that we miss a lot of the power and the authority of God held in the gospel. I want to go ahead and look at two things that Jesus said about the gospel, about the good news. The first is in Mark chapter 1, verse 14. I added it late, so it won't be on the screen. After John was put in prison, that is John the Baptist, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And that is what Jesus started his ministry as. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. And a working definition of the kingdom of God might be that things are on earth as they are in heaven, or that things are the way that 
that God desires them to be on earth. And I don't think that we have to look very far to see that things aren't truly the way that we want them to be. And yet Jesus said he came to bring the kingdom of God. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus is starting his ministry. He has been out in the wilderness. He has been tested. He has spent time with God. And then he is going and in, he is from the region of Galilee and he did miracles around there. And then in Luke chapter 4 verses 14 through 21, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in power of the Spirit and news of him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day went in the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And there are a lot of messianic undertones in this scripture. He reads from both Isaiah 58 and Isaiah 61. This is not just one passage, but he pulled from both Isaiah 58 and Isaiah 61. And he said, Here, the Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim the good news to the poor. And he said he came to bring freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He came to bring the kingdom of God. The Sermon on the Mount lays out what kingdom life looks like, what God desires for the kingdom of God to look like. And I realize that this is not from the Sermon on the Mount. But in this, Jesus is telling them the kingdom of God is near. And he says that he came not for the wealthy and the powerful and the religious leaders, but for the prisoners, the blind, the oppressed. That he came for the people who have been pushed to the margins. He came for those who have no hope and for those who have been told that they are not good enough. And he told them that God is near to you. And in fact, when we are with those who are oppressed and for those who are in chains and for those who are struggling, we are near to the heart of God. And Jesus came to show people that here is this kingdom that God prophesied about in Isaiah, that the kingdom is coming. And it is not a kingdom of earthly power, 
but it is a kingdom where wrongs are made right and where chains are broken and where the oppressed are set free. And it is where everyone can live with God. I listened to a podcast this week. Um, Tim Mackey, who is uh, the voice that you hear most on the Bible Project, he does, um, he is the teaching behind the Bible Project videos, and they have a Bible Project podcast. And so Tim Mackey did a podcast with N.T. Wright. N.T. Wright is a bishop in the UK, and he is considered to be one of the foremost theologians of our time. And so the two of them sat down and they did a podcast on what is the gospel. And they said a lot of really good things, and I would encourage you to go check it out. But one of the things that um, that N.T. Wright said, and it was just a very simple definition of news. He said that news is something that happens, that as a result of that, things are different, and that the way that we view the world is different. And because Jesus came, and because the kingdom of God is near, that the way that things are is different. The way that they are, they are different. And that Jesus came to usher in the kingdom of God. And he came to call his followers to go do the same. In Romans chapter 1, verse verse 1 through 6, he's starting his letter to the Romans, and he says, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle, and sent out to preach the good news. God promised the good news long ago through his prophets and holy scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the Son of God, and he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as, as apostles to tell the Gentiles everywhere that God, what God has done for them, so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name, And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. Jesus was prophesied about. He came to earth. He ushered in the kingdom of God. He was in David's family line. He is a... as such, he is an heir to the throne. And David was promised that one day a great king would come in his line. He lived a sinless life. And because God considered him faithful, and in his sacrificial death, he was raised from the dead. And when he says, Jesus Christ, our Lord, he's, he's saying, Jesus, our Savior, 
king or the one in charge. And so because of this, Jesus sits on the throne. Jesus is the king prophesied about in Isaiah. He is the one who came to bring the kingdom. And so if we if we try to shorten the gospel to Jesus only being our savior, we miss his lordship and the power contained within the gospel. If we try to shorten the gospel to about our eternal salvation, we miss everything that Jesus called us into to go be his disciples, to do as he did, to come and usher in the kingdom and to to love those who, are, who no one else loves and to release the chains of the captive and to set the oppressed free. And that's what he called us into. But if we only focus on what is happening on earth, Paul termed that if our hope is only for this life, that we, above all, are to be pitied. The gospel is the story of God's redemption and love bringing about the kingdom of God, restoring things into back to himself and being able to live in a discipling and abiding relationship where we grow in him and we call others into him. And so I realize that if I were to try to state every single thing we said about good news, that we would not be able to do it. But the gospel calls us into the good news of Jesus to then be people who help bring the good news of Jesus. Paul said that he was, he was commissioned to go and to tell the Gentiles, to go and spread the good news to go and to live out the love that Jesus has called us to and that Jesus modeled for us and, sh and he showed while he was on earth. Simply put, the gospel is the good news of Jesus. The gospel is the good news that we are called into through his death, burial, and resurrection. And the gospel is the good news that we get to enter into and call others to what Paul called ambassadors, as ambassadors, to call others to be reconciled back to God. Not just about ourselves, but about calling others into the kingdom and into community and into Jesus. And so today we're going to have a time of decision. And maybe that decision is that you need to or want to or have been thinking about placing your faith in Jesus and you want to come and we would love to baptize you today. But most people that I know, know, know don't just come forward on a Sunday. They want to talk to somebody about it. They want to walk through that decision with somebody. And so I'd really encourage you, if, if you've been thinking about that, talk to someone you trust grab one of the ministry staff, grab one of the people you see on stage. We would love nothing more than to talk to you about that.
maybe a decision today, because when we come into contact with the gospel, it requires a decision. We cannot come into the gospel and not have to make a decision. And so maybe the decision that needs to be made today is just a life commitment that I am going to give everything I have and everything that I am to Jesus as Lord. Maybe today it is that we need to love and to go to the people who are close to the heart of God. And maybe today that is the decision that we need to take a step in honoring and obeying that which God has called us to. Maybe it's the name of somebody that God has laid on your heart that you need to share the good news of Jesus with. Whatever that is, I would encourage you, decisions are not just made about salvation, but decisions are based in growing and taking a step to become closer to Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that that in you, that we have been called into good news. God, I thank you that we've been called to be people who love you and people who um, can be set free. God, I pray that we would be faithful and that we would be obedient. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.